Hi, and welcome to Finding Your Flow, the podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive business advisor, founder of the School of Intuitive Leadership, and United Nations consultant. I help entrepreneurs find the path of least resistance, make the biggest impact, and experience exponential success. This podcast is about learning to trust your gut and take intuitive leaps forward towards the expansive life that is calling you inside. In these episodes, I will be inviting you to intuitively lead and live your most aligned and expansive life. We will talk about what it looks like and feels like to listen to our intuition, which comes through the channel of our right brain, and how to take action on it, which happens in our left brain. My mission is to help you navigate your business and life with your most important asset, your intuition. Get unstuck and take leaps that will allow you to bring your visions and yearnings to life. I want you to leave with aha moments, deep insights, clarity on your next steps, and more importantly, a reminder that the solutions and clarity you are seeking are right inside of you. Make sure to connect with me over at jenniferjaneyoung.com and join our community at theschoolofintuitiveleadership.com. Hi everyone, it's Jen and welcome back to the podcast. Well, I'm really excited today um, to be talking with Karen Freeland and we are going to be continuing on our special series um, that is running until the end of the year called Say Yes to Your Yes, How to Trust Your Gut and Take the Leap in Business and in Life. So essentially this series um, was inspired by a book that I wrote that is coming out this fall under the same name. And I really wanted to take these next few months interviewing people who have actually, you know, listened to their intuition, taken the leaps and have a story to tell about it. Because, you know, it's really nice to think about doing this kind of work in theory. Um, and I try to share as many examples as I can from my own life. Um, but everyone experiences this differently. And I think it's really helpful to hear how others have navigated, um, trusting their intuition and taking a leap on it and what that looked like. And I think that the more we tell our stories and the more we demystify how scary it could be to listen to our gut, the easier it's going to make um, stepping forward for everybody. So Karen, I'm really excited to interview her because if you don't know already, I love books. I love authors. I love the publishing world. Anything that has to do with a book gets me really excited. And Karen listened to her intuition and left the corporate world and wrote a book called The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, which is such a good title. And the tagline is a penetrating memoir. So it is a memoir. It is her story. And Karen is a recovered corporate workaholic. She traded her personal goals and dreams for a six-figure salary, only to wake up one day and find herself in a midlife crisis. Coming out on the other side, she has rekindled her spirit and her dreams, and she's now empowering other women to get out of their comfort zone, take action, and live their best life. Karen is a life coach for corporate women and moms, and I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's go over and meet Karen. Every time we discover something about our life that makes us realize that there was nothing wrong with us, a little bit of healing happens. Like 15 minutes a day, I would set a timer and I would just tell my family, mommy's going upstairs. I just need 15 minutes. I'm going to write more of a chapter. And then next thing you know, that 15 minutes turned into 30 and then 40 and then 50. And all of a sudden I look down and go, oh my gosh, I have a book. 
And like, just as you're talking about this, it's giving me this feeling of belonging. I can't even put words on the, uh, on the relief that I'm, that I'm feeling just hearing you talk. It was like such a joy that I knew I was not going to regret this. Like I was not going to wake up on my deathbed and being like, man, that book sat on my laptop my whole life and I never did anything with it. How many people are sitting here right now, maybe even listening to this podcast going, I have a book. I want to write a book, but they haven't taken the steps. And, you know, I can always look back and go, but I did. And that's a beautiful place to be. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, we, we've been trying to get on together for a couple of months. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just a few. But as I was just telling you, I feel like this is so perfectly aligned because um, your story is really uh, aligned with the story I've been telling lately um, about, you know, what it looks like to listen to your intuition, trust it, and then take the leap, which is exactly what, what you did with um, the publishing of your book. So. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you first, um, because we always look at like the thing that the person ended up doing, right? Like the sort uh-huh. of final destination, the publishing of the book or the actual leap. But I find that the parts that we often forget to talk about is like that whole journey before we actually took the leap. So what was, okay, before you took this leap to write the book, yeah. what did your life look like? Yeah. It was um, very ideal for on paper, right? Like it was a beautiful life on paper. You know, I was married and I had two children, had two healthy boys and I had, uh, you know, a decent house. It was nothing to write home about, but it, you know, was shelter and I, it was, you know, could make my payments. So that was great. I was making six figures at work, had a nice little title, head of demand gen and field marketing for North America, right? um, was kind of like what other people might look at and go, well, she's living the dream. She's got it all. She's doing everything. And really what I was going through was hopelessness, sad all the time, a lot of toxic anger, uh, that was like built up and usually directed at my kids. Um, I prioritized work so, you know, every day kind of felt like Groundhog's Day. I woke up in the morning, I worked out really quick, you know, tried to get the kids ready for school, try to get myself ready for work, shove everybody in the car, drop them off wherever they need to get dropped off, drive an hour to work, be angry, sitting in traffic, like, oh, I hate this. So by the time I walk in the door at work, my blood's boiling. Uh, you know, I'm already like, and just total overly energized, overly sensory overload. And then I try to justify my existence all day because the sales team thinks marketing isn't doing enough. They don't like the brand and the website. Two things I have no control over in the demand generation side. I'm like, do you want me to send an email or do a social media post? Cause I can help you with that. And it just felt like it, this can't be my life. Like this can't be all there is to life. It's just working, working, working and trying to prove myself to someone else who doesn't actually understand marketing. This is exhausting for me. Um, but what would I do? That was the question. Well, if I'm not a B2B marketer, what am I? Who am I? What would I like? What would I enjoy? And I honestly just at that time, because I was going hundred miles an hour every single day, 
there was no answer to that question. So the easiest answer was, well, you've made your bed, lay in it. This is it. This is life. Suck it up, buttercup. Oh my God. There's so many things I want to dig into. And what you said, first of all, like that, that scenario that you're explaining is like a scenario that so many people are stuck in. Right. And, and again, yes. like they, we have this idea and I was stuck in it also like 15 years ago in my first career, mm-hmm. we just think that we're, like you said, we're just supposed to suck it up and like continue. And I think the first you, because my next question to you is like, how did that intuitive nudge start to start to arrive? One of the first cues I think is like that deep feeling of sadness and anger, like Mm -hmm. sadness and resentment are usually a sign that there's something that's misaligned and that your soul is just so unfulfilled and tired. And those feelings are really valid. And, and like you said, when we're moving so fast and we don't take time to slow down, we can't hear our intuition. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're looking for that answer, but it's not coming because there's no space for it to come into, right? That's right. So, okay. The sadness and the anger and all that stuff. What was like the next intuitive nudge that you started to feel that was niggling and kind of guiding you forward? Yeah. And, and one thing I'll just say really quick on that anger, it was all misdirected, right? It was directed at everyone else. And really I was mad at myself for giving up on a lot of my dreams. I was mad at myself for getting sucked into corporate and getting addicted to the money drug for so many years. So, but I didn't know that at the time, right? Like I just felt anger and sadness, but I always took it out on other people. So for me, um, the next sort of intuitive nudge was there's a couple of things um for me like life had to get worse before it got better right i had to go to the rock bottom if you will and everybody's rock bottom looks different because there are other people who experience far worse life situations than i'm about to describe but for me that was my like you know shake me to my core so we had two deaths in the family within four months of each other And while they were older and they lived great lives, it was the last of that generation. And so next up is my parents. And guess who's after that? Oh, crap, me, right? So I call it the oh shit moment. And I had this moment where I was like, I'm going to die and there's nothing I can do to stop it. And at that time, it was like, this nudge of like, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. What are you going to do? Like, you have to make a change. But again, I felt stuck. I was frustrated. I didn't know what direction to go to. So I turned to the one thing that I'm typically turned to, which is alcohol. And so I drank a lot. And I guess it was like one night I was just sitting there drinking and I was mad at my husband about something. And I was like, I don't even know, is this marriage working anymore? Is my life working anymore? Like, how is he so content? And I am so restless and frustrated all the time. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, he's upstairs sleeping peacefully. He has no idea I'm down here stewing. I'm drinking, expecting this to make my problems get better. And it only makes them work. It only exacerbates them. Why am I doing this to myself? What am I hoping for? And it was really in that moment that I was like, I have to stop drinking. I cannot do this to myself. 
And it, it was a self-sabotaging behavior, right? It, I can't uh, blame other people for not reaching my goals. You know, when I'm sitting here drinking, like I'm not doing anything to help myself. So it just was this like real moment where I was like, this isn't, this isn't what's meant for me. I'm not meant to sit around and become an alcoholic, which is basically what I was doing seven days a week. It was awful. And I love I just- that you shared that. I love that you share that because, so actually I used to do the same thing when like, before I really started to listen to my intuition consistently, I would wait a really long time, get really miserable and same thing. The alcohol was the thing that would like relieve some of that, but also somehow strangely kind of spark some inspiration. It was like this weird yeah, it's like this, it's like this relief and then like happy drug kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so um, easy to slip into because like, it's that, that happy feeling that we're looking for. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love it's that you so share fleeting that. though, right? Like it just comes and goes and you're chasing yeah. it. And then a lot of times what would happen for me is I'm like, I feel so great. I feel so great. I'd have one or two too many. And then I'd be laying yeah. in bed on a Wednesday night with the spins. And I'm like, this is not, no, this can't be my yeah. life. And then the next day is like, obviously complete torture. Yeah. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Just like to pause here and remind everybody, like we're all human. And this is the thing about um, being in this human experience and our physical bodies is like, life is hard sometimes, life is messy sometimes, and it's okay. It's through that mess that I think that there's a lot of magic and potential to find ourselves as well. Um, So, okay, I love this. How did you, because I want to talk about your book. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited about your book. Like, how did you get to that point where you were like, I need to write a book? Like what happened between that moment where you realized that we, there was like so much self-destruction and you were so miserable. Uh, and by the way, like the releasing anger on everybody else is such a human thing and such a common thing. Um, so like from that moment to like the writing of the book, like what, mm-hmm. what happened there? Like, how did you get that insight? Yeah. It was like a slow little spark, you know, when there's like the end of the fire and there's like one or two little embers left, like that's all I had left. I mean, I was really just in such a down in the dumps place and I was watching the movie, the secret, someone suggested go watch the secret. It's all about the law of attraction. I'm like the law of what? Like, I mean, I don't know anything about this. Right. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching this movie and Jack Canfield is on there talking about how he got all of his books, the chicken soup for the soul series written. And out of nowhere, it, it's like a bolt of lightning. I mean, I literally felt a shift in my body. Like I was being like guided by the universe, you know? And it just flew to the front of my head. And it was like, Karen, your memoir that you started writing 10 years ago that is sitting on your laptop that then, you know, that I started during a maternity leave, you know, nine, 10 years ago, you have to finish this. This is your calling, do this. And I was like, whoa, that's it. I'm going to write my memoir. And I don't even think I knew at that time that I was actually going to publish it. But I was like, I told myself I was going to write a book and I started and I had about maybe 40,000 words at that point. Okay. Um, but I had forgotten about it. Like I, 
it was sitting on my laptop because I wrote it during my first maternity leave, which was 2009. It's now 2019. And, you know, my kids are 10 years old and whatnot. And I was like, this is it. I have to finish this book. I have to tell my story. And I just started carving out like 15 minutes a day. I would set a timer and I would just tell my family, mommy's going upstairs. I just need 15 minutes. I'm going to write more of a chapter. And it was great. And then next thing you know, that 15 minutes turned into 30 and then 40 and then 50. And all of a sudden I looked down and go, oh my gosh, I have a book. I Mm. think I need to do something with this. Like this is, this is pretty good. And that was it. It was just like this little spark that suddenly, once I started stoking those flames, I started finding my creativity again, you know? And it was like, I had this new outlet that I'd never had for myself in years anyway. Yeah. And I just like gravitated to it It, and it didn't feel like work, you know, it just felt fun and exciting. Yes. So you started writing that book like 10 years before. I love, I didn't actually, I didn't know that actually Mm -hmm. from the, when we talked the first time, I didn't realize that you had started writing that 10 years before. And I love that you brought that up because what I tell people all the time is that our intuition starts speaking to us a long time in advance. Yeah. And it starts with like this little whisper. It gets us to start playing with something and then we put it aside and we forget about it. But what I tell people is that your intuition never, ever, ever gives up on you. Yep. It never it's does. So true. And the thing is going to come back. It'll come back in the middle of a depression, in the middle of a breakdown. And so the good thing is that you don't have to have like this FOMO if you're missing out on your intuitive nudges, they will keep coming back and they'll keep coming back stronger and stronger. And Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally we listen to them as fast as possible, but also we can trust that the universe is going to bring us exactly where we need to be in order to really hear it and take action on it. And, you know, it often ends up in these places where like these darker moments which again, I always tell people like for me, every single breakdown has always led to a breakthrough. And I think that yeah. that's what happened for you. Um, so like when you were sitting down to write your book, how are you feeling in your body? Oh my gosh. The a lightness, mm. you know, this like weightless feeling that I hadn't felt in years because I was carrying around this burden of life really. Um, and constant stress and tenseness, you know, my shoulders were always like up and I could just for once could breathe. Mm. Um, and yet there was an energy, you know, it it was like when I was typing, it was like the, it was just flowing through me. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there were days where I had a little bit of writer's block or I was like, man, what did happen? How did that play out? And so, you know, you got to work through those, but honestly, it was just, such a freedom and expression of self that I hadn't experienced in a long time. Yeah. I love also how your book is essentially um, kind of an antidote or like, like an opportunity for healing Mm -hmm. for something you were experiencing, right? Which is something we all experience is feeling all this stuff inside and feeling like we're the only ones Like we're broken and we should just Mm -hmm. shove all those things down and just keep living this life that we've settled for. Um, So tell us about your book. Sure. So the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir, and I'll just flash it on the screen if anybody's watching the video, but um, is 
really a a tale of what it's like to be a woman, right? It is the journey through womanhood that we all take from five years old, just even discovering, oh my gosh, I have a vagina. I have this body part. What does it do? What is it there for? To, you know, being 40 years old and being chasing the orgasm dragon, right? Like how do I get my body to work and allow me to experience pleasure um, on a level that I typically am not able to experience with my partner? Like, how do I make this work? Am I broken? Am I the only one who's having these problems? Um, And then I cover everything in between, you know, periods, pregnancy, miscarriage, you know, something else that people don't talk about and they suffer in silence and they push it down and figure, I just have to deal with this. Um, And really making it okay for women to have these kinds of conversations and not feel like, oh, she said vagina or Shh, don't talk about that. That's disgusting. You're rude or, but you know, and all right. these things that seem so taboo and go, no, we're all going through it. Stop pretending like we aren't stop making us feel shame because mm-hmm. no one wants to tell us, you know, you have to pee after sex or you're going to get a urinary tract infection. You know, mm-hmm. these are things I had to learn. The I didn't even way. know that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my oh God. yes. Oh, wow. well, see, this is why you got to read the book. I know. <laughs> And I know you have a copy. I know it's been like on my list with the, yeah, with the move to Mexico and everything, but yeah. yeah. So here's what I love about this. Um, I experienced this. Okay. So even if, so you're obviously your book goes back, like for went from when we were like little girls, right? Yes. One of the things that I realized is that even if those moments have passed, all of those moments in my life where I thought I was broken, even if it has passed, it is still weighing heavy in me today. And every time I discover a little something that reminds me that, oh, that thing that I went through was actually so human and so normal. I wasn't broken. So it's like every time we discover something about our life that makes us realize that there was nothing wrong with us, a little bit of healing happens. Yeah. And then it, it, I feel like it frees us for anything that's coming in the future that we are going to experience and prepare us to not freak out about it. Yeah. You know, I love that you said that because I truly believe this book is for any women, at least 18 and up, maybe 16, if you're mature, right. Or you're already sexually active. I mean, there's not anything that you're not going to already know, but certainly 18 and up because Yes. If you were 18, 19, 20, whatever, you're going to learn about things that you never would have known about, right? Your friends are not going to tell you about the mucus plug. They're not going to tell you about an episiotomy, right? All these things that you're not, you're going to experience someday, but nobody's going to tell you about. Or like you said, you could be 65, 70 years old. I mean, I've had women who are that old, who have read it and love it. And I have other women who have said, you know what? I'm already past all that. I'm past all that. I'm thinking you're missing out though, because you have that opportunity for healing, as you said. And I love that. Yeah, because these moments in our past when we've had, the thing is, it's like a lot of these things, um, when we don't know about them, or we feel like we're the only ones become little traumatic moments. Yeah. And any traumatic moment that we bring forward with us causes like this heaviness inside of us. And I know, for me, this happens with me all the time, like in business, you know, when I'm having a hard day in my business, if I get on a call with a business friend, and we talk through it, and he or she is like, oh yeah, I'm going through the same thing. Or I went through the same thing last week or last month. There's an immediate relief an immediate yeah. like, okay, I'm not broken. I'm not going to end up in the streets. I'm going to be yeah. okay. You know? <laughs> yes. um, so it's with everything really. I mean, I think that 
just the, having these conversations are so, so, so important. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited that you wrote this book, man. I don't think anyone has ever written a book like this for women to help us understand no. our bodies, our experiences. And there's a lot of silencing, you know, for women, a lot of like, I'm reading another book right now called break the good girl myth. And Ooh. it's a lot about that. Also, it's about like, how we just shut down and close off and get silent about things instead of like expressing them and letting them out into the world. Um, yeah. So I think you're, you're definitely setting a really beautiful stage. Um, and it's such an easy read. So it doesn't yeah. feel textbooky. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to, ex- you're going to experience it through my stories and actual yeah. situations. And you're going to be able to almost like dive right in and feel like you're there in the room with me experiencing everything that I'm experiencing. So it's a yeah. beautiful way to relive all your stories also and give them new meaning, right? Mm. So that thing that was once traumatic can maybe now become just a part of growing up. You know, I, right. I tell one story in there where um, I was at a pool party and I changed and I left my underwear and I only had, this is like the early days of me having discharge. So I just wore like a panty liner, but I was like, I only have one panty liner. What should I do? Well, the proper thing to do would have been to throw it in the garbage and just go no panty liner for the rest of the day. But I didn't, but then the girls got my underwear and they started throwing it around and saying how disgusting it was and whose underwear are these? And it was like, not mine, like crap. I guess (laughs) I'll just not wear underwear home. Like I'm not going to fess up, you know, but it's this whole story. And so I know that there are other people who have had these embarrassing moments and things happen to them. And it wasn't easy for me to tell it. You know, I thought about taking some of these chapters out before publication, but no, exactly. What a disservice (sighs) that would have been. Right. Yeah. But it is our own fear because these things we have felt carried shame around. I mean, that specific example I carried around until 30 years old. And the moment that I was able to let go of all that shame came from the most unlikely place. I was watching a comedy special Amy Schumer, she was at the Apollo and her opening joke. Oh my God. So good. Her opening joke was she just wants to take off her new year's resolution was to just take off one pair of underwear and have it not look like she blew her nose in it. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I'm on the floor laughing hysterically. And my husband's just looking at me like, I don't get it. What? And I'm going, I don't need you to get it, but I'm going, Oh, I felt so (laughs) validated in that moment. And for one, I was like, all this time, I, I legit thought it was just me. Like I was some unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Amy Schumer is the best for like putting truth out into the world. I totally yeah. agree. Um, you know what I love about this? When we're going through life and experiencing things on our own and we hold everything on our own and we don't share we separate ourselves right so we all Mm. have this we all have this Mm. desire to feel like we belong right like it's it's just it's in us it's human and by staying silent about our experiences we cut ourselves off from that feeling of belonging and like just as you're talking about this it's giving me this feeling of belonging belonging to a group of humans experience things like I do mm-hmm. and just I, I can't even put words on the uh, on the relief that I'm that I'm feeling just hearing you talk um I'm so glad yeah I love that I love that I love that 
Jack Hanfield initiated all this for you in that right? movie. Um, I would love to send him a copy of my book. <laughs> you should. You did this. <laughs> you know what? I was I was actually on a Zoom call the other day with Jack Hanfield. FYI, yes, because I'm part of this like community. Anyways, I'll tell you about it after. But yeah, um, he's co-leading this community with a couple of other incredible people and authors, and uh, yeah, they do these regular Zoom meetings and. Um, and he's in them and he was on it. So I was on a Zoom call with him the other day. And I love how there's always like this one person or like a thing we watch or a thing we read that like just sparks the inspiration. Yeah. So now that, okay, so you publish the book. So I, I really love for people to like know like the before the intuitive nudge, the intuitive nudge, the leap yeah. we take, and then the after effect. So tell us about like what, happened to your life? How did your life transform after you wrote the book and published the book? How, how did your life feel? What does your life look like now? Like, just give us kind of yeah. like a, a recap of all that. Yeah. And just quickly. So before the book was actually published, I got laid off from my job. And so Ooh. it was, yep. Right. <laughs> it was very much the universe being like, we're done here. Your corporate days are over. You, I, you really need to take a step in this direction. And the only way that I know you're going to do it, because they know me, right? Like I'll just keep justifying working yeah. and balancing too many things at once was to push me out of the nest. And it was the best, best day of my life, really, because that's when everything really changed. And then I had time to write almost full time. Mm. And I picked up a little consulting just to have that runway, you know, just to have that breather, that extra income. And I really could do both at the same time. And so now life is like a 180. We moved our whole family from New Jersey to South Carolina. We were able to buy a house just with cash because the market was so good after COVID. And so we don't have a mortgage. So that was a huge weight off of our wow. shoulders. Now, a lot of financial gurus will say, you should finance it and use the money that you make and blah, blah, blah. But no, we didn't want that. That didn't work for our family. We were like, we want to be scot-free because I don't want the pressure of having to come up with this mortgage or then the market tanking and that money evaporating. So, so for us, it just worked really well. So the stress is gone. You know, I don't have to wear my night guard when I sleep anymore because I cracked so many teeth. I was grinding mm -hmm. at night so hard. I used to have to wear this big chunky plastic night guard and it kind of talks like this, you know, it's really sexy. So like, Hey good babe, times, good night. Good <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I have stopped drinking as much. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I still indulge on the weekends here and there, but it's like, right. Now different I'm intention. in control of it. Exactly. There is a different intention. Yeah. Um, my children, I have such a better relationship with them and they notice the difference. They're like, we love mom, you know, that stays home and works from home because this mom is fun. She's around, she's friendly. She's not yelling at us all the time. Um, you know, that misdirected anger is gone mm. and just there is a joy, you know, you hear this word joy a lot. Um, and it's different than happiness. Cause trust me, I'm, I have hard days in my business too, right? There's a month that will go by. I think there was a month I sold zero, like nothing, not a oh, single yeah. book, not a single book. And it was devastating in the moment, right? I was really mm. upset at first, like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. What am I doing wrong? All the feels, right. Mm. But at the same time, it was like such a joy that I knew I was not going to regret this. Like 
I was not going to wake up on my deathbed and being like, man, that book sat on my laptop my whole life and I never did anything with it. What could have been, you know, it was just this like joy of feeling like you went for it though, but you wrote a book though. Like, hello, how many people are sitting here right now? Maybe even listening to this podcast going, I have a book. I want to write a book, yeah. but they haven't taken the steps. And, you know, I can always look back and go, but I did. And that's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Okay. There's two things I want to highlight about what you said. First of all, I'm going to say this with a lot of love. Fuck the gurus. If you (laughs) spend your life looking for gurus and listening to gurus and following what gurus say, you are going to miss out on your aligned life. Yeah. I think teachers and coaches and gurus are there to help us realign with our intuition and like do what feels good in our body give us information that we then get to decide does this intuitively feel right or not so yeah I love that you did not listen to the financial gurus because you knew in your body what was best for you and your family so that likes mega high five for that I love it um and I really want to highlight that because I think that um there's a lot of people out there just like following the steps of what other people are telling them to do. Um, and this is kind of like uh, the, the w- one of the missions in the School of Intuitive Leadership, which is my company, um, and in our program, the Intuitive Business Incubator, is exactly this. It's like to help entrepreneurs get the information they need and then help them tap in and see okay, what is the direction you feel you need to take? What is the next leap you feel you need to take? Um, And so I think it's really important to highlight that. And the other thing I wanted to highlight is that, you know, this is not something that happens overnight, right? So leading a a life intuitively and then uh, achieving things and reaching goals and publishing books. Like you have to start somewhere. You have to just get started. And so how you started with just your 15 minutes a day, um, that is, it's like a, a, like a date with your, with your intuition, but it's also like a date with like what you're trying to create for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of us want to just make that one big leap and then we're done and it's over and we've reached the thing. It's actually about these small little things that we need to show up to every day. It's so true. And I want to just yeah. share one other little story from the book, um, you know, with my second son, because you talk about the gurus. Right. And so with my second son, um, they were my second full-term pregnancy. They were worried that I had another ectopic pregnancy. And so they were giving me guidance to abort. And oh. I knew, I knew, oh. oh my gosh, Jen, I was like, no no, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing this right now. And I'm crying. I'm in the doctor's office, right? People in white coats are telling me you have an ectopic pregnancy. We think it's ectopic, but the woman in the, um, like the nurse technician who did the ultrasound Mm. had made a comment. She goes, well, it could be a burst cyst. And I am notorious for having ovarian cysts. And I was like, if there's a shadow of a doubt, I, I am not doing this. And so I called my OB who was not at the hospital, got her on the phone. She's like, have them send me everything over. And of course they're treating me because, you know, ectopic pregnancy can be very serious. So they're treating me very carefully. They don't want me moving, like just sit still. Basically the doctor looks at it, calls me back. She goes, you know what? 
I'm going to go with you on this. She's like, I am not ready to terminate this pregnancy either. She said, but listen, you have one stitch of pain, one drop of blood. She's like, I want your butt back in that ER and we are Mm going to do what we need to do to save you. And I thought, okay, okay. You know, I'll do this. I went home a week later. I'm still feeling fine. I went in for my second test. It was a burst cyst and my son was just where he needed to be. And I cannot tell you like, just, I get just te- like, just ugh, even I'm like thinking about full it. Spinal chills right now. Yeah. Right. It's just like this feeling of, oh my God, this is like the things that could happen mm-hmm. when you don't listen to your intuition mm-hmm. right. are really, yeah, a, I know a life. This is crazy. And, you know, I often have this um, question that goes through my mind and every time it scares the fuck out of me. And also reminds me how important it is to listen to my gut. Because sometimes I'm sitting and I think, I wonder what my life would look like if I would not have said yes to all those intuitive nudges. (gasps) What if I would have not left that 12 year, you know, destructive relationship? What if I had not said yes and moved to Mexico? Oh my God, the things that would not be in my life today, that is what freaks me out when I think about it. And every time I think about that, I'm like, there is no more ignoring my intuition because I, now that I have all of this, the people, the experiences, the knowledge, the wisdom, all of this, if I imagine not having any of this in my life, because I would have not answered the call. Yeah. It just brings so much sadness into my body. And so this example that you just gave about like your son who would not be here if you had not trusted your gut like holy mother flower right and I'm like if this can save one other person's life if one other person reads this book and goes oh you know what and gets Mm. in maybe in a similar situation or maybe something a little bit different but thinks about that and goes nope I'm gonna trust my gut here wow like the ripple effect that this can have is just huge who knows we are so much wiser than we think Mm. and we are born into this world with natural intelligence. I always tell people, we all know that animals have instinct, right? We don't doubt that. We've never doubted that an animal has instinct. We see it happening. They just, you know, intuition is human instinct. It's like, we have it also. We sh- there shouldn't be no doubt that we have that wisdom to do the right thing in the right moment. And so I really hope, um, obviously, all of these episodes, uh, I, I really hope that it inspires people to like really trust that little voice or that thing that's trying to come through and like at least get curious about it and start to like play with it and, and explore it and see where it, it can bring you. Because um, I've always said that, you know, the pain of staying where I am, which is when I'm unfulfilled or unhappy that pain is way worse than the fear of taking a leap and like messing something up. Right. So it has to be for us to reach our full potential. We have to take that risk and trust ourselves. Cause I truly believe too, that we aren't given these dreams so that we don't follow them. Like we're given them for a reason. They're put on our heart and in our minds, you know, I think from our creator, but wherever you think they come from, and they're yeah. meant for us to follow. Like yeah. it wouldn't be there if it weren't designed just for you. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, um, 
tell us who you work with, who you can help and sure. uh, where people can find you. We're going to put all the links obviously in the um, episode description, but in case someone is just like, oh my God, I need to talk to Karen. How, how do you support you support women, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So I am a certified life and reinvention coach, and I really help women to discover their purpose, own their power and build a pathway to freedom, whatever that looks like, whether it's staying in corporate, moving to a different job, going to something more heart centered, like a nonprofit, starting your own business. I mean, the gamut is really wide. Um, So most of the women that come to me are high achievers. You know, Mm. they're really good at giving their friends advice. They're really Mm. good at running large teams. But when it comes to prioritizing themselves, they struggle. They struggle to put up those boundaries. They Mm. struggle to get unstuck and stop the ping pong. And they'll frequently say, oh, well, but it's not really that bad. It's pretty terrible and I'm miserable, but it's not that bad. I mean, Mm. I can hang in there a little longer, right? So there's this justification that's probably going on in your mind um, of why it's not really that bad. Maybe your confidence has been eroded. You know, you've had bosses or coworkers or people who have, you know, consistently put you down or challenged your work and you're feeling like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe you're starting to believe the lies of the people that are around you. Um, so a lot of the women, not all of them, but most of them are, you know, in that director to VP level in their organization. Um, but I've, I've worked with women of all different backgrounds. So, uh, yeah, if it sounds like something that you want to do, you want to get unstuck, figure out which direction, you know, will be good for you. Um, definitely you can check out my website, karenfreeland.com and the book, the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and, um, anywhere that books are sold. Um, I will just share with people also, uh, and this was important to me because when I was in corporate, I didn't feel like I had a big purpose. And so with the book, I knew I wanted it to have a bigger purpose. So a portion of the proceeds for every copy sold is going to go to Alliance for Period Supplies. And there's Mm. a little ad in the back of the book um, to tell you a little bit more about their work that they help women in need, uh, mostly lower income and women of color who cannot afford period products, get access to the products that they need. Um, so they're mostly in the U S right now. They have 125 chapters, but, um, you know, you're doing amazing work when you buy a copy of the book, not only are you going to go through your own healing and your own journey, but you're also going to be helping other women to go on and have a great journey themselves. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. What a simple thing, right? I I mean, just thinking of like, imagine being a woman and not being able to have access to these period things. Like, Oh, I think it's hard enough being a woman. Like, let's not make it harder by not being able to afford, you know, period products. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to, um, highlight one thing before we end off that you said that you think is so freaking important. If that voice is going through your head, it's not that bad. If you are saying that to yourself, it is a justification for something that is really not okay for you. Yeah. And I think that that I have like chills as, as I'm, I'm saying this, I spent so many years of my life trying to, um, convince myself that what the feeling that I had in my body that felt not right was not that bad. A relationship is not that bad. Oh, this job is not that bad. I shouldn't be complaining. I should just stay a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't that bad, you would not be saying that in your head. And so if that is going through your head, seriously contact Karen. <laughs> yes. 
I mean, that's your cue. So yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Well, thank you so much for being here. It has been wonderful. Um, I'm so excited to get this episode out into the world. And um, yeah, it's just always such a pleasure to, to talk with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much for spending time with me on the podcast today. If you want to join us in leading your business and life intuitively to experience more ease, flow, and growth, check out the theschoolofintuitiveleadership.com. I want to leave you with this little bit of wisdom. The actions you're not willing to take or the decisions you're not willing to make are the ones that will change your life. Trust your intuition, take the leaps, follow what you know to be true, even if it's not always easy or convenient. Because doing this will always bring you where you're meant to go next and allow you to step into the highest expression of who you came here to be. Your feedback and support means so much to me. So if you have a moment, please share your thoughts about the podcast by leaving a review or a testimonial. And if you're inspired, please share this episode with your friends and your community. I'll see you on the next episode.